Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowe, and myself begin our discussion on Article 8 of the Augsburg Confession, What the Church Is. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I'm Pastor Brett Bowe. I have with me... Pastor Jason Goodham. And Pastor Brian Rickey. All right, we are. We have. We've got a new slogan yes. for the podcast. It's it's we you know we we, we oh, no. had various <laughs> things, but now it's we are the Being Lutheran podcast. We're big in Trinidad and Tobago. <laughs> That's right. You heard it here first. We are the forty fourth most popular yeah. Christian podcast in Trinidad and Tobago. All right. Yes. And which begs and the question: What's the population? <laughs> yeah. All right. There are probably forty five Christian uh-huh. podcasts. Listen yes. to it. No, I, I seriously want to know. I had this random email sent to me um, from, uh, I, I don't know the source. Mm-hmm. It was unsolicited, uh, but tracking the stats for our, our website, and apparently we are the 44th most popular Christian podcast. It's kind of like being the salutatorian with only two people involved. Yeah, exactly. Yes, but that's right. If you are currently listening to Not the to Being Lutheran... Not to minimize anything in Trinidad. <laughs> yeah. we, we love you, Not, friend. Thank yeah. you for listening, and yeah, God if, bless you all. If you are currently is that a singular you? Or a, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you're currently listening in Trinidad and Tobago, thank you. Let us know, and let us know how we can set up live recordings in January. Hey, okay. yes, there we go. Yeah. We are interested. <laughs> but yeah, all of all of the random things having a podcast has done is yeah. that I found out uh, where we stand in Norway yeah. and in Trinidad and Tobago. I'm kind of embarrassed about our performance in Norway. Yeah, I mean, we sh- with our, with the guy <laughs> with our heritage. Bo and, well, it's because yeah, you got right. a German on board. That's why uh, I can't listen to your offensive. Uh, yes. yeah. But yeah. we are the 90th most popular Christian podcast mm-hmm. in Norway. All right. And that that's only good news if... The five million Norwegians are mm-hmm. like like obsessive podcast consumers, <laughs> right? So there you go. Uh, we didn't open an episode talking about sports, but we opened an episode yeah. talking about <laughs> random stats anyway. <laughs> yeah, sports are interesting right now. So, so. anyway, thank you all for listening. Absolutely, uh, again. Yeah. Uh, it's another. T- I mean. Thanks to Flame for tweeting us out because we got a boost in listenership too. But it's it's really humbling the feedback we keep getting, and and mm-hmm. I only try to appeal this every few episodes or so. But when you guys write us, yeah, and interact with us, yep. we, we love it. We love it. Uh, yes. We have no other way of knowing if people are actually listening. And if mm-hmm. you know if there's someone you want us to interview, I'd, we'd love yes. some of those ideas. We are going to try to get Flame back on here, but um. If you, if, yeah, I, mm-hmm. we would love some of who, who would you like us to interview? I, I would yeah, love that's a great question. some of those comments. So mm-hmm. I, I found out a couple of years ago, Aaron Judge goes to a Lutheran church. Really? So maybe we could uh, do that. He's a famous baseball player, Brian. Nice. Yeah, I never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Brett, yes. uh, we're going to start Article 8 of the Augsburg Confession. Yeah. We should probably start by reading it, yep. and then we, we're we going to be talking about the church again. Continue so our, is our slog. This, is this an estate of vocation? Yeah. Yeah. Is it? The second vocation. Estate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had to get it you out of my You can tell we haven't recorded yeah, for like eight right. weeks. We have, all this, we have this pent-up like desire yeah. to yeah, get on the bad. mic. It's pretty bad. Yep. All right. Good. Read Article 8. All right. Thank you. We are reading (laughs) Article 8 of the Augsburg Confession, and it is called, the title is, What the Church Is. What the Church Is. Not what is the church. Right. Yeah. No. 
Why, yeah, why did they leave that is on the dangling at the end there? It's German Latin. That's all yeah. I know. Okay, cool. All right. It says, although the church properly is a congregation of saints and true believers, nevertheless, since in this life many hypocrites and evil persons are mingled therewith, it is lawful to use sacraments administered by evil men. According to the saying of Christ, the scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat, etc. Matthew 23, 2. Both the sacraments and word are effectual by reason of the institution and commandment of Christ, notwithstanding they be administered by evil men. They condemn the Donatists and such like, who denied it to be lawful to use the ministry of evil men in the church, and who uh, th- thought and who thought the ministry of evil men to be unprofitable and of none effect. All right, that's Article Eight V I I I of the Augsburg Confession. <laughs> Still eight. I know. Um, Roman numeral. Yeah. At the beginning of what we got to do here, it's it's of utmost importance that we reiterate mm-hmm. uh, the order of the Augsburg Confession. Yeah, the order of right. the articles is so important mm-hmm. because you cannot get to the heart and soul of what Article 7 that we just talked about mm-hmm. and now Article 8 that we are talking about are are getting after unless you understand that the theology that we're talking about flows out of the yeah, article on justification. Right. Yep. You know, and that's really the problem with the church of today, the generic mm-hmm. American church. Yep. If we uh, if we went on a survey, if people were still gathering in crowds in, in public places uh, and asked what the church is mm-hmm. uh, or what is the church, if you ask 50 people what the church is, you're going to get 55 different answers. Yep. And the church needs to flow out of the central importance of that article on justification. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not to say uh, that it doesn't have other functions, that it doesn't have yep. other benefits, doesn't, doesn't have other tasks. But right. if they aren't anchored yep. in the proclamation of the gospel, yep. in the centrality of justification, the church is going to lose its way, right. which is why we have this massive debate going on. Uh, in the churches of, you know, our contemporary time about the social gospel, mm-hmm. about racial justice issues, about all of these things, because it, it becomes almost impossible to talk about it on an ecumenical level because there aren't enough churches that are rooted in justification yeah. to make it effective. And in the churches who are rooted in justification have become so internalized yeah. that they have forgotten how to handle the fringe issues. And I don't say fringe as a matter of unimportance. Just flowing outside but of But outside yeah. of the mm-hmm. heart and soul. And so yeah. Yeah. it's the, the problem is that the church is failing mm-hmm. because the church is doing a miserable job at handling justification. Right. And I think that was one of the most refreshing truths that we looked at last, you know, walking through the seventh uh, article uh, in the Augsburg Confession is just seeing how justification is the center of, of Lutheran theology. And I, I like how what you're saying, it, it kind of recorrects, uh, reorients us in the proper way um, to start thinking uh, how everything flows from that. Well, and, you know, it's it's important for us as Lutherans to to identify that justification is the heart and center of what Lutheran theology is. Yep. But as Lutherans, we also have a vested interest in in reminding people that the truth of Scripture is that Scripture itself is founded on the centrality of justification. As all of Scripture is pointing to who Christ is and what Christ has done for us. Yep. And, and you know, I found this so interesting at my own church as we've been going through this year long study on the Book of Amos 
which was, I mean, how fortuitous was that by the Holy Spirit to have us go through Amos in this year Mm -hmm. of all years. Uh, But what you find in Amos is it's really easy to get lost in the weeds of the social gospel Mm -hmm. if you miss that Amos's message is centered in justification. Mm-hmm. And if you anchor Amos in justification, yeah. the the social issues that Amos talks about regularly, and it's not that the social gospel is unimportant, it's yeah. not that it's not even you know a focal point of his message, but they become natural outflows of an earnest Christian life yeah. rather yeah. than an artificial construction as a response to failure. And yeah. that's how it, you need to look at Matthew chapter 24 and 25 mm-hmm. uh, and the Olivet Discourse, you yep. know, as Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked Jesus's private question and they're like, when are these things going to happen? Mm-hmm. If you look at the very end of that discourse in chapter 25, if you have not done these to the least of me, my brothers, you have not done them to me, it, it can be taken kind of as a social gospel, yeah. to, but it is rooted and, ju- and, and grounded just as Amos is in the work of justification because why was Jesus there. In in the midst of the incarnation, he was there providing salvation through his life, death, and resurrection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to the end, it, it, this really sets us up for, you know, our broken record phraseology here. What but, vocation? Yeah. <laughs> well, the, yeah. The Christian life consists of assurance of salvation yeah, and vocation. And, and if you yep. go back to the Olivet Discourse and, and you go back to that, you know, whatever you did for the least of these, you did to me, the important thing that almost never gets talked about when that passage is preached is that the people who were, in fact, doing it for the the least of these didn't realize they were doing it at all. Yeah, right. It's, it was yep. it was a natural mm-hmm. occurrence. I love that of their Christian vocations, and, yep. and we have to be careful here. And, and and I say this probably because I'm sensitive to it because of sure. what we're going through in my church in Sunday school. We're teaching on an article in the Formula of Concord that talks about the third use of the law. When I talk about a natural outflowing of our Christian lives, it's not random and spontaneous. Exactly. It's it's naturally occurring because we are grounded, our personal identities are grounded in Christ to the extent that we are so so comfortable. Yeah. In, but not not in taking it for granted, but so you know, it's really assurance of salvation. A part of who we become yes. in Christ yes. Jesus. It becomes a part of our identities in Christ that there is literally nothing left for us to do but to go out and love our neighbors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we are doing that in our vocations. It yep. is happening yep. on a daily, ordinary, yep. regular yep. basis. And and part of the I think part of the problem we miss in churches, uh with the social gospel and social justice issues is that now because of the faults and because of the failures of society and because of racism over here and depression and income inequality and all of these things that are hot and button issues to respond to that, the focus is on doing some sort of Herculean Mm -hmm. outstanding out of the ordinary thing Mm in the message of scripture is that really this should be happening so ordinarily yeah. that it, it, you know, it's just a daily thing that we're loving our neighbors. Yeah. And you, I would say that random, yes, but I think it is sometimes spontaneous based on us, you know, being led by the Holy Spirit. And I want to read a quote actually by Jeffrey A. Gibbs, where he's talking about the very thing that we're talking about. He says this, uh, this is taken to show that genuine good works are not done with any intent to merit or lay claim to God's favor, but rather spontaneously without thought or awareness of possible reward. These good works then can be understood as fruit of genuine faith. 
I just really love the way he lays that sure. out. There. No, it's really, and I want to clarify when I say spontaneous, I I don't mean that it they just can't happen by the spirit. No, so I, I I knew what you're saying. What I say when it, when it doesn't happen spontaneously is is that there needs to be a training and a teaching going on, absolutely, yeah. and an instruction yeah. in Christian living. Uh, and so where you you get to Formula of Concord, Article Six, which is where the third use of the law is coming up here. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a necessary Christian instruction catechesis that needs to happen, mm-hmm. but it needs to become so uh, so much a part of our Christian life that it does happen yep. Yep. without us like right. thinking through. Okay, absolutely, now I need to do, yeah. it know. becomes so yep. much the fabric of who we are because I have been crucified mm-hmm. in Christ. Galatians two twenty. Yep. So the life I now live in the flesh, yep. I live by faith in the Son of God, and that really summarizes everything. That everything is rooted mm-hmm. out of the justification that happens, yep. and it flows out of that grace that God has poured into our hearts right. in justification. Yep. It's like Luther's quote, you know, faith is a living, biz, active, busy, busy thing, thing. Yep. Yeah. doing and doing good without even... Yeah, yeah. Never, it, never enough for it to do, right? Mm-hmm. So yep. Or never too much for it to do. And thank God that uh, we are not donatists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because all three of us could not be yeah. pastors. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's right. Uh, for, for whatever reason... Shout out I, to the donatists. Yeah, shout out to the <laughs> Sorry, donatists. Yeah. You, you can email us at our website, beinglutheran.com. No. Well, and just for anyone who doesn't understand, that a donat, the whole donatism was rooted in that the clergy must basically be flawless in order for yeah. their ministry to be valid. Yep. Holy cow, I'm glad that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, so the, yeah, that, that's what it ended up. It, it, the real problem the donatists have had was during the early centuries of the church, Mm-hmm. That pastors, under threat of persecution and attack, yeah, would recant right. the faith. Yeah. Yep. And then when the persecution went away, they'd say, "Welcome me back." Mm-hmm. And the Donatists were the first saying, "No, you guys are out of the church. You screwed yeah. it up." And and that's that's where the term "traitor" came from, isn't it? From "traditor," isn't that like the early church? Hmm. I don't know. You're, that's a random memory that, thought. That, I could be wrong there. So the yeah. the Donatists are actually indis- in, indirectly responsible for the Roman Catholic teaching of penance. That's where penance comes yeah, from, sure. is yep. the people who are being welcomed back into the church. They needed a way of measuring the sincerity of them wanting to get back yep. into the church after that. So that's yeah. where penance came from. This is, we, we got I, all I was going to say, all right, stuff. it's time for me Gather, to say, all right, let's last, get back to, oh yeah, yeah, yeah one, one, one last random thing, because I got to get it out of my <laughs> system. Uh, I'm incapable of thinking of Donatists without, without thinking of Donatello. Oh, the Teenage Mutant I, I Ninja thought you were going to say donuts. No. Okay. Is that a fat guy joke? <laughs> Come on. No. Donatello. So anyway, yeah, yeah. The, the ability for the church to be centered on the doctrine of justification mm-hmm. is what this article is all about. And, yep. f- and from that point forward, we look at what the actual article says yep. and, and really the identity of the church mm-hmm. is the congregation of the saints and true believers. Yes. Yep. On earth, yep. that congregation is mixed with hypocrites mm-hmm. and evil people, but the, it is still present. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the physical church, yep. the, the church militant. Yep. The local is, congregation. Yeah. Yep. Is a mixed group. Mm-hmm. Consisting of saints and sinners, mm-hmm. believers and unbelievers, but the church capital C, the church mm-hmm. universal, the church victorious, is the congregation of saints and true believers for all time. Yeah. Yep. So that's the kind of the foundation of the article that, that sets us up. I mean, as a as a systematic guy, yeah. uh, 
the amount of different theological topics that this article mm-hmm. touches on in the in the different ways the yep. bottle rockets are fighting, right. <laughs> the fireworks are fighting. It's all directions. Good. You know, it's it's. Well, it makes sense. Is the the church is the building that is built on justification, yep. right? And so it's we're we're getting every other part of ministry, yep. every other part of theology. It's like is a flowing out of this. airport hub. Yeah, yeah, flowing. Yep, in different directions. Yeah. So, so it's going to take us a few episodes to get through. Yeah, we might all of we this. might go along on this. Yeah, <laughs> spoiler alert: we're we're planning a few more than four. Stack, stack up those dishes to <laughs> yeah. uh, wash them while we're... A extra commutes yeah, if you're still it, commuting and that's not right. telecommuting. Yep. Uh, the, Can't mow the lawns anymore. Unless you're in, I don't know, in well, Trinidad or the... Yeah, Trinidad and <laughs> Tobago. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but this is one of those things, not to be overly practical, but have you guys ever had so much to do that you don't know where to start and yep. you end up not doing anything. Yeah, <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's kind of where yep. you you drop the idea of the church on. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what part of the church do you start talking about? Mm-hmm. You know, you know. Like I know we said we we start with justification. We've got that out of the way. Yep. But where do we go? Do you focus on the people? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you do you focus on its existence in the world? Uh, do you focus on the ministry inside the church, the polity, the word and sacraments? Yeah, you yeah. focus on external. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, we're going to get into two kingdoms. Yep. Uh, later on, and I, you know, we've got the we've right got the episode on. notes laid out in front of us, and yep. I'm looking. It's just like, well, throw a dart and start talking. Well, let's. <laughs> now that we have like maybe five minutes left to this, <laughs> I think a good I think a good place to start yeah. is just, and you already touched on it, is that it talks about the church universal, but also the mm-hmm. local congregation, yeah. Yeah. and yeah. how yeah. that is also played out in Scripture. I mean, we see a couple different verses. Like if you uh, look, I think it's at what First Corinthians chapter eleven, where it says the churches of God, as yeah. Paul is talking yeah. about you know, correction and, and all of yep. that. And so you see Paul talking about... To the, the in, church in Corinth or the church yep, in Colossae. Yeah. Other congregations yep. that are possibly struggling with the same issues. And mm-hmm. so it does talk about both of those things and we have to be very careful, whether yep. it's plural or singular, as to how we then apply it or how we even look at it. Mm-hmm. Well, and on the flip side of whether it's plural or singular, plural, plural or singular, there's also the flip side of that coin in that oftentimes in scripture and from the theological perspective, it's also both and. Yeah. So the truths of the universal church are expressed and visibly seen in each and every local congregation, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, we'll probably touch on it maybe even in the next episode, mm-hmm. uh, a particular distinctive of who we are as congregational Lutherans in the AFLC. Yeah. Uh, one of our independent, like the founding principle mm-hmm. of the AFLC is that the local congregation is the right form of the kingdom of God on earth. Yeah. And and the reason that we kind of confess that is both from Scripture and actually flows right out of the Lutheran confessions mm-hmm. is that where the word is preached and where the sacraments are administered, there you have a congregation. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's uh, apart from a hierarchy, apart from mm-hmm. polity, where that is happening, you have a church. Mm-hmm. And, and it's important for us to see that the congregation of saints and true believers, yes, it's universal. Yep. Yes, it transcends time. So yeah. we are members of the church with the saints from Genesis yep. and yep. with the saints from, you know, Israel's history yep. and the saints from the Gospels yep. and the saints from the New Testament church and, you know, mm-hmm. and all the epistles. It's part of the reason why 
I love some of those country churches mm-hmm. where the grave, the cemetery That's... is right next to the the church building, and I love that picture of the church militant and the church. Uh, Yep. Go ahead. I, well, I, I'm trying to remember, and, and I'm I'm not a historian on this level like others are, but mm-hmm. it's it's either German or Norwegian country churches hmm. that are designed mm-hmm. with the cemetery being on the opposite side of the church wall as the altar. Oh, so you yeah. come to the altar and you are facing yep. metaphorically and physically the saints for all time. I love that. And that's, that's a direct that's awesome. The congregation, yeah. the second congregation I served as mm-hmm. we purchased a building. Yeah. Um, and that is structured that way. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it actually, that's a really kind of a neat thing, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, there there was, and again, someone can correct me on this and I would be more than happy to welcome yeah. the, the instruction on that. But it's something about the location of the cemetery on the other side of the altar, the wall, you know, the the... The church faces east, then you have the wall, and there's also a significance to the half-circle altar railing. Could it yeah. be long gospel? Well, it's not long yeah. gospel. It's it's actually Christus, Christus Rex, Christ yeah. the King, yeah. Christ the Victor. Exactly. Oh, um, the, the, the altar being in a half-circle. The half-circle, so that the, the cemetery, half, yeah. the, the other half of the circle, right. it consists of the saints oh, for all time. That's and, beautiful. You know, like, for me personally, when we are moving through our liturgy at faith— when I introduce whatever creed we're using on communion Sundays, we use the Nicene Creed, and non-communion Sundays, we use mm-hmm. the Apostles' Creed. Uh, the, to introduce that element of the liturgy, I say, it is now with great joy and delight mm-hmm. that we join together with the church for all time and in all places to confess our holy Christian yeah. faith. Wow. This morning, we use the words of yep. whatever mm-hmm. creed. Don't, don't you love how talking like that, it helps you lift your eyes past the the warts and the ugliness and the hurts and the dysfunctions of a local congregation oh, it, uh, to see that, that picture of the church. And that's that two kingdom where yeah. the two kingdoms yeah. in a sense intersect. And yeah, it's, yeah. it's two kingdoms, but it's also simultaneously the reality of Lutheran doctrine being already and not, not yet. yet. Yes. Right? So yeah. you've got the real time, the church with all her warts and with all her mm-hmm. problems, with all her joys, with yep. all her victories and with all yep. her defeats, together with the testimony of the saints for all time. Yep. And on Sunday morning, they're together. Yeah. And in doctrine, they are together. And most importantly, in salvation, yep. they are together. Yep. And I, I think where the church misses the mark is would we emphasize too much either the here and now mm-hmm. or the universality of the church and lose the perspective of both of them in tension simultaneously? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Well, great Amen. place to stop. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, keep everybody hanging for next time. You know, for us, you know, I, I, I'm thinking of all the listeners and, you know, perfectly, if you're not in a local church, uh, I'm praying for you today that that you would start to see these truths in light of, of your actual local congregation that you're plugged into your, your Lutheran church that you're a part of. And, um, yeah. So I know you got a verse for us, Brian, to wrap up today. I sure do. First Peter chapter two. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander like newborn infants long for pure spiritual milk that by it, you may grow up into salvation. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good as you come to him, a living stone rejected by men in the sight of God, chosen and precious. You yourselves like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.
Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also, invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Please join us next week as we continue our discussion on Article 8 of the Augsburg Confession, What the Church Is. God bless you and have a great week.